Section nine of Good Morning, Boys and Girls by Reverend Thomas J. Hosty. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. God's Home. Good morning, boys and girls. The last time I spoke to you, I spent quite a bit of time in describing God's jail to you. I hope you'll never forget what a terrible place it is. I pray every day, too, that none of us will ever go there. But as long as I told you about God's jail, I think that it's only fair to tell you about God's home. Do you know why? Because he has invited every one of us to be his guests there, after we die. And we're not invited for just a couple of days, or for a week or two. We're invited to stay there forever. I suppose there isn't a single one here this morning who doesn't know the name of God's home. Just to make sure, though, let me ask one of you what you think God's home is. No, it isn't the church. It's true, however, that he does stay there, in the tabernacle, under what looks like a little piece of bread. But the church isn't his real home. In his real home, he isn't hiding under the appearance of bread or wine. You can see him the way he actually looks. I'll give you a chance to make another guess. What or where is God's home? No, it isn't Nazareth, either. But you're getting a lot closer to the truth. I admit that Nazareth was our Lord's home for a while while he lived on this earth. But after he left this earth, he left Nazareth, too. When I speak of God's home, I mean the place where God lives and is actually seen and worshipped by all the angels and saints. To put it more simply still, I mean the place where God lives forever. I knew if I gave you enough hints, you'd all know the answer. Yes, God's true home is the place we call heaven. Boys and girls, Heaven is so wonderful a place that I can hardly begin to describe it, but I'll make an effort anyway. Try to picture all the beautiful things you have seen in your lifetime. Maybe, on your vacation, you were lucky enough to visit the Grand Canyon, or the Rocky Mountains, or Niagara Falls. In case you haven't been fortunate enough to travel around very much, I'm sure you've seen and read about a great number of unusual spots in this world. Perhaps you've heard your dad or your mother or your friends or the people on television or in the movies tell you about the great places they've seen and visited. Don't stop now. I want you to go a step further. I want you to use your imagination. Try to think of the most beautiful and the most exciting things you or anyone else could possibly dream of. Are you still following me? That's fine, because I haven't finished yet. Now I want you to think of all the marvelous things you have ever seen yourself or that anyone else has ever seen. Add to them all the unusual things you have ever read or heard about. Next, I want you to join all of them with your most exciting thoughts or dreams you have ever had in your life. Suppose, then, that by a miracle you were able to put all those wonderful things together. You still have only the faintest idea of how enchanting heaven is actually going to be. I know what some of you are thinking right now. Father sure has some imagination, hasn't he? Wouldn't it be really swell, though, if only a part of what he said would turn out to be right? Boys and girls, I've saved the best part of this little sermon until now. Do you know what the best part of it all is? I haven't exaggerated a single thing. I only repeat it, in other words, what St. Paul said about heaven, after God gave him a chance to look at it for a very short time. Just to be sure that there aren't any doubting Thomases among you, let me quote the exact words which St. Paul used in describing his vision of heaven. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, what things God has prepared for those who love him. 
Just think, there isn't a single boy or girl in this whole church who hasn't received a special invitation from our Lord to stay with him in his home forever after they die. There are so many things that all of us wish we had or could get on this earth. The trouble is, no one ever gets all the things he would like to have in this life, but there will be absolutely no excuse if you don't receive all the things you need to make you happy after you die. If you don't accept God's invitation to be his guest in his home after you die, you'll have no one to blame but yourself. Of course, if you love other people or other things more than you love God, while you are still on this earth, you can hardly be angry at God for not wanting you as his guest after you die. His home is filled only with his friends, who love him more than anything else on earth. Before I finish this talk, let me answer one more question, which I know is in your minds. In fact, I can almost read it in your faces. I know that you all want to go to God's home after you die, but what you're wondering about is this. How can I show my love for God? How can I prove that I am his friend, if I can't even see him now, except under the appearance of a little piece of bread, which I am not even allowed to touch with my hands? Our blessed Lord knew that not only you, but all of his followers, would want a clear answer to those very same questions. And so he gave us the answer. If you love me, he said, keep the commandments. That's the test, boys and girls. If you don't keep God's commandments, don't expect to spend your eternity in his home, because you're not his friend. End of section 9